This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. In this episode, I'm really excited to bring to you a special guest, my good friend, Catherine Morgan. Catherine is a multi-award winning financial coach and is also a qualified financial planner. She's a best-selling author and host of In Her Financial Shoes podcast, which is the place to go if you are a female entrepreneur wanting to get a hold of your finances. In this conversation today, we're going to be talking through the four solid steps you need to be taking to lay those great financial foundations. So hello, Catherine. I'm so excited to have you on as our guest on Entrepreneurs Get Visible today and to hear your take on what people need to do to make sure they have solid financial foundations, which I know is something you're really passionate about. Yeah, thanks very much for having me on the show, Anna. So Catherine, I was explaining to my viewers earlier that we met about three years ago. And at that point, we were both doing quite different things, weren't we? So I think that's really been quite important as well to to mention to people. We know each other very, very well. And over the last couple of years, we've been in various masterminds together. And what I've seen with Catherine is that she has gone on and really created herself as this very influential money influencer. And it's been quite incredible watching your growth. But what I love about what you do is how much you are very mission-led. So tell us a little bit about what it is you want for people. Yeah, do you know, has it been three years already? Like, where does the time go? When you said about knowing each other really well, like, we know each other literally inside out. (laughs) And maybe this is too much to share on your podcast, but literally Anna and I, yeah, messages each other at all times of the day. And I think actually that's really important in terms of Um, And I'm going slightly off track here, but building financial foundations for your business, it's so important to connect with people that have your back and to connect with people that are maybe at a similar stage to you because it's hard being in business sometimes. So I just thought I'd kind of put that out there at the start, really. But absolutely, my mission is to empower and equip as many women to be financially resilient as possible. But to do two things, one is to manage the emotional relationship we have with money. And second of all, then to learn all the practical tips. And I actually shied away from the practical elements for quite a long time. And I think the reason that was is because I've worked with money since day dot. I mean, even growing up around money, my dad would always have long conversations with us about money. We'd always you know, be saving up pounds in the piggy bank. And I was just always surrounded by good, healthy conversations about money. I didn't necessarily have a great relationship with money myself, which perhaps I can go on to explain in a little while. But I think it's really important that when I was growing up around money, I knew all the practical stuff because I was working at the bank. I was giving financial advice predominantly to women, actually, although you know not exclusively. And what I saw was that people could know all the practical stuff that could be the most amazing money guru, but they weren't doing it. They weren't doing the doing. And for me, there was a big missing part of the puzzle working in the bank is that everything was focused on product sales and it wasn't focused around the importance of our relationship with money and actually talking more openly about money. I think that's really important. And one of the things that I find as a coach is that people are very embarrassed about their financial situations. And whilst outwardly, it might look like their business is really successful and that they're doing very well. Actually, there's some disconnect because of how uncomfortable they feel around their money. Maybe they're not investing. Maybe they have no savings pot. Maybe they're massively in debt. And there can be a whole lot of emotion around that. Yeah, 100%. Lots of emotions. And maybe let's talk about some of that. Typically for 
women, we experience a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, a lot of fear around money. And people either think it or they feel it or they just don't like talking about it. Mm. So often when people think about money, sometimes they get that real kind of fear, awful, you know, that, that feeling in the pit of their stomach that I don't want to deal with this or, or I'm just going to put it off for a day or, or it's not my responsibility. Or perhaps they hold a, a lot of um, kind of judgment on themselves about how they have to be perfect with money. And if they haven't got it perfect, then it's not worth doing at all. Well, there's very much that head in the sand. I don't want to know because I'm scared to know. And sometimes you think it's worse than it is. And so one, that's one of the things we're going to talk through today, those, those four steps really that you see as absolutely crucial for, yes, women, but actually any business owner to make sure that they've got good financial health. And what I love about your work, Catherine, is how clear you are about this is not just business, this is your personal finance as well, and that there's such a, a bridge between the two. Because if you're not managing your business well, you're not managing your personal finance as well, and vice versa. So go back a little bit. You alluded earlier to your own emotional attachment around money. Just explain for the listeners what that means to you. So growing up around money, I had quite an unusual, probably, well, possibly not unusual to some of your listeners, but my parents divorced when I was very little and I lived with my mum and my brothers and sisters. And my, we used to go and see my dad kind of at weekends. And my dad had lots of money. He was an entrepreneur. He built very successful businesses. So when we went to see my dad, it was always about a very status-driven relationship with money. It was about the flash cars, the big houses. And then we'd go back home and live with my mum, who worked part-time so that she could pick us up from school and spend time with us. But anytime we wanted anything, it was almost go and see your dad. So in my eyes, I grew up thinking that men had the control around money and actually women almost weren't deserving to have that wealth. What was interesting for me is that as I grew up, I was really badly bullied at school. I was, I, I always did quite well at school, but I struggled with self-confidence. And when I was a bullied at school, unfortunately, it wasn't particularly well handled by the school. And so I kind of started to become very insular. I used a lot of my lack of self-confidence to go into this kind of deep state of anxiety and, and actually depression. And what happened for me is that I lacked a lot of self-worth. And so what happened is my relationship with money was very much linked to my lack of self-worth. And so every time I got paid, when I started my first job, I spent it immediately, sometimes even before I'd even got paid. Mm -hmm. I recognise that in myself as well, that I, particularly early on in my business as well, I'd be excited. I'd spend money before it came in. I'd spend it when someone had quoted, you know, when I'd given someone a quote, I'd spend it again when it landed in the bank account and double spending all over the place. Yeah. And that becomes an ingrained habit. And often for women is if you're used to having years of that. So for me, that was literally the whole of my teenagers and my twenties. And that became an ingrained habit. So what happened is even when I then got out of debt, I was still in the habit of as soon as I received it, I had to get rid of it. And this actually links back, I think, to a couple of things that happened in childhood. One particular moment that I can really, as clear as crystal, I can recollect this was when my dad used to save money every week for us in a, in a piggy bank. And then we would take it down to the bank. We'd count it on the carpets in these little bags. We'd bag it all up and we would take it down to the bank, which was Abbey National in those days. And I remember one day going to the bank and I must have been about eight or nine. And I went to the bank with my little passbook and I gave it over to the cashier. And I still remember the sound of the printer. And she updated my balance and gave me my book back. And my balance was zero. And I remember thinking, where's all my money gone? And so what that taught me was that if I didn't spend the money myself, somebody else would spend it. 
and you know layered with all the lack of self-worth and self-confidence and, and eating disorders all through my teenage years and being bullied etc which I'm sure many people have experienced you know bullying and, and these types of things that happen in childhood but what it did is it sat in my subconscious beliefs that subconsciously if I receive this money I have to get rid of it and so in terms then of coming into this space where you are teaching other people about money, what's been the shift for you? Because in order to get to that point, there's got to have been that transition from where you were to where you are now. Yeah, I think the first step for me was actually understanding that I didn't need any external validation to prove that I was worthy. And self-confidence is a huge topic. And I know that for many people struggle with this. And many people have, you know, I've been through therapy, I've had counselling, I've had all sorts of treatments over the years. Actually, what really worked for me was just that deep understanding that my net worth wasn't linked to my self-worth. It didn't matter how much money I had or didn't have. I, I was acceptable to be who I am. You're good enough and you, yeah. you are deserving no matter what. 100%. And I think that once I've realised that, and I think it's that's a journey. You, know, you don't just suddenly wake up one day and think, oh, I'm suddenly good enough. <laughs> it is a journey and it's something that I still work on every single day. You know, it's a real mindset. But I definitely think that that shift for me of actually reflecting back on my relationship with money and what I was trying to do with money then started me to think about, well, actually, what are my spending habits? Why am I spending all this money on clothes? Why am I spending all this money on Amazon? Why am I buying more picture frames for my house? I haven't got any more hanging space on my walls. It was a real kind of awareness of, of what are my spending habits? What am I spending money on? Is it making me happy or is it just fueling something? Like filling that void, but not really filling that void because it's fairly empty. I think we've all been there where we spent loads of cash because it's going to be that quick fix to feel better. And actually afterwards, once you've opened the clothes or you put your new outfit on or whatever it is you've bought, lot, and my husband's really into his gadgets and he's constantly spending on things like that. But for me, it's clothes or shoes. And then once, once you've got them and you've worn it, well, that's kind of done then, isn't it? And you're still left with that debt potentially. Yeah, I think sometimes it's about just letting go and actually forgiving yourself sometimes because we all make financial mistakes. We've all made financial mistakes. And I think one of the first steps is about bringing awareness to what those spending habits actually are, but also drawing a line in the sand and just thinking, right, well, yeah, if you've made financial decisions in the past that maybe haven't been the best decisions, then it doesn't matter. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. And I think that everybody isn't should be in a position where no matter what their history is with money, no matter what their relationship is with money, it is something that can be changed. Mm. And you can start today. This isn't something you can say, we're actually recording this in January. This isn't something that has to start January the 1st. This is something that you can take control of the moment you decide to do it. And it's those daily actions, isn't it? And also just to make it easy for yourself. So when we talk about spending habits, one of the first things that I did a couple of years back was I opened a Starling bank account. And I actually opened it for the purpose of going abroad. And I heard that it was fee-free when you're using your card abroad. But then I actually got used to the app and it was showing me what I was spending. And it was really clear right from day dot of where my spending habits were being overspent. And that really triggered me, really got me thinking about, well, I'm wasting all of this money. And the great thing about Starling Bank is they have these little pots that you can set up. So I started setting up my pots and putting pictures behind them. I'm a very visual person. And I found that as I saw money building in these pots, I didn't actually want to get rid of it anymore. I actually wanted to see it continuing to accumulate. And this was coming from a place of not being in a particularly great financial situation. And literally over the course of three years, I've completely changed 
my financial life. And very much, I think it came back to awareness, Mm -hmm. looking at your spending habits, but also just getting started. Because sometimes people think, well, unless I'm, you know, unless I've got five grand or 10 grand, it's never going to happen for me. But it's the small steps. It's those little small habits that layered upon, you know, each other Mm -hmm. can create long-term significant financial benefits. So the first thing is about awareness, which is potentially tracking. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, I think it's two things. It's awareness of your emotions around money and understanding what triggers you. Mm. And it's also awareness of the practical aspects of where is your money actually going. Mm. And so many people are scared to have a look, aren't they? (laughs) I know we've talked about this before, particularly if it's been a month in the run up to Christmas where I know that I've potentially spent a lot more than I meant to on my children. I get to that point where I'm not really comfortable to look. I'd rather kind of be in denial until that bill lands on my doorstep. (laughs) (laughs) But it's always worse, isn't it, than the reality of the situation. And that's why one of the things I say to people is, I mean, I call it get financially naked. It's a bit of fun. It's just removing some of that negativity around that particular exercise because it can be really scary. And I totally resonate with where I was in that situation. But this is just about the practical aspects of plugging those money leaks. You know, what are those direct debits that you don't need anymore? And often actually the biggest thing that people uh, become aware of is that they're overspending on food. Food is like one of the most difficult, I think, expenses to manage because food is an emotional trigger for a lot of people. And it was for me in my teenage years. I actually went the opposite and didn't eat, but but food is a very emotional trigger for a lot of people. You know, that situation where you go for a pint of milk and you end up coming back with 30 pounds worth of stuff. (laughs) For me, it's about the children for various different reasons. All three of them are fussy eaters with completely different things. And in order to accommodate them, I know that I spend way more than I perhaps should or that is economising in any sense of the household budget. But it's just easier that way. And one of the things that I've noticed since I've been tracking my money is that I'm less willing to do that for the children. I'm less willing to accommodate that because actually our long-term family goals and our short-term family goals are much more important than them having this specific thing that they want for their tea each. And it's little things like that, isn't it? The behaviours around that that we're talking about in terms of your personal life. But this also does work for your business as well. Being aware of what memberships you've got, what services you're paying for on an annual subscription or a monthly subscription actually noticing when they go out because it's very easy if you're not aware of it to just not see it happening. And one of the things you mentioned earlier is that you're passionate about helping people plug their money leaks. And I know you run a very successful challenge that's coming up shortly, which is for women only this one. But tell us a little bit about your plug your money leaks challenge. When's the next one happening? So we've run this challenge actually a couple of times in 2019 and had some incredible results for people. So we've decided to kind of run it again this month. So we're running it on the 20th of January. Which is today, if you're listening live on the day that this goes out. (laughs) Not too late for you to join. (laughs) It's a five-day challenge. And the way that it works is we split it into these two steps. So it's, it's understanding the emotional relationship with money and then the practical steps. And we actually seed a couple of different tasks for people to do across the five days. And then we have a big pyjama party at the end. And the reason I say pyjama party, by the way, is I think one of the important things when we're talking about money is just to get really relaxed and comfortable talking about money. So most of the time, if you're in my closest Facebook community groups, I'm in my pyjamas with a cup of tea. I get very relaxed and it actually helps other people to feel But you do have some great Kath Kidson pyjamas though, don't you, Catherine? (laughs) I do like my nice pyjamas. It's not her her dog-eared ones that she's had for years. We're talking some very nice pyjamas that match all of her branding. So it's all very coordinated. But yeah, I love that. I love that you are bringing to the table the ability to have open conversations about money. 
So we've talked then about one, potentially two of your steps. What else do you think is really important then in this four-step sequence? Yeah, so after awareness, the next step is really to think about building strong financial foundations. So this is relevant to personal or business finance, but it's really about getting into a place where you can manage those financial shocks that come up. And by financial shocks, I mean things like ill health or a partner losing their job or your car tyre bursting, particularly this time of the year when you're going through all those potholes or your washing machine breaking. So I think it's just important to get yourself as quickly as possible into that position because what that does is two things. It helps you to think more rationally when you're in a stable financial situation, but it also helps you to manage those financial shocks. Now, a lot of people think, well, you know, you've got to have three or six months worth of living expenses in an account. And that's really hard to do when you're starting that journey. So I always encourage people to think about using these clever little money apps like Plum or Clio or Chip that can just shimmy or skim a little bit of your daily expenses into a separate account. You probably won't even notice it, but it gets you into that habit of just saving a little bit each day. And you'll be really surprised that by three, six months down the line, you've got a couple of hundred pounds there that when that car tire bursts, which it will, you've got a little bit of money set aside. So I think having financial foundations in your personal finances, but also in your business is really important. So I follow the profit first model. I tweak it slightly in my business, but I think I love that model because what it does is it just gets you to mentally account for every piece of money that comes into your business. You put some into a profit account, which is your profit for you to be paying yourself first. Otherwise it's not a business. Then you have money that is your expenses for running your business. And it really gets you focused on actually keeping those expenses as as low as possible. So this is based on the book Profit First by Mike something. I can't pronounce his surname. So I'm going to let Catherine say it. (laughs) I did an episode on this on my podcast a few weeks ago. That's exactly what I said. Mike, someone whose surname I can't pronounce. Mike, whose surname I can't pronounce. It's going to be in the show notes wherever you listen to this, but it's a great book. It is about business finance, but it really definitely gets you thinking. And I think Starling app that you mentioned earlier is a great tool to use. Instead of creating lots of different bank accounts, you can do it all within Starling, can't you? Because that's one of the frustrations that people say, well, I love the profit first model, but I don't want a million different Mm -hmm. account numbers. And with Starling Bank, you can set up all those different pots, including a tax pot, putting aside every single day. I have like a 15 minute, golden 15 minute like rule where as I'm brushing my teeth, I go into my bank app, I check what's come in that day. I put 20% straight away into that tax pot. So the profit first model is really great. But building strong financial foundations is really, really important. And then the fourth and final step is about maintaining momentum. Because often what happens again is people start this journey, they start it really, really well, and then it just falls off the wayside. And it's important to make sure that those habits you're building are strong and realistic. So step four for me is about having a money date with yourself, having a money date with your partner, and just take 15 minutes a day just to check your accounts, make sure you've filled up all your different pots, and then getting into those good financial habits. It's interesting as an entrepreneur because very often we're very sales driven. We want to get the next sale. We want to get the next booking. But if you're not looking after the money behind the scenes, you're ultimately not going to get the business that you want. And I think learning to track, learning to be aware, learning to see money in a much more positive light and that you can have 100% responsibility for your results is actually hugely empowering. I think it's about definitely that, but it's about looking after yourself as well, because ultimately what stops most people from managing money is themselves. It's it's getting out of their own way. It's getting out of their heads and actually having some, as you say, positive language around money. So rather than saying to yourself, I can't manage money, I'm not very good at this, it's changing the language that we're using. And I know you've got a course coming out very soon called Female Financial Foundations. So just talk a little bit about what that is, Catherine. 
Sure. So one of the things we launched last year was a Money Circle membership, which is something that where people can continuously get to learn their money journey and be surrounded with other women who can support them in that. But what we found actually was that people wanted accountability and they wanted the simple steps. What do we need to do first? Then what do I need to do next? So this course is 18 months in the making. I'm really excited about this because this is 18 months of my best work going into an eight-week course, which really helps people through each of those four simple steps, but not only getting the steps created, but then maintaining and keeping that momentum going for long-term financial success. Great. So we're going to make sure that everything that Catherine has talked about today, her Plug Your Money Leaks Challenge, the female financial course, and all of the apps that we've talked about as well is going to be in the show notes after this. So Catherine, over the last few years since we've known each other, you have gone and really had a meteoric rise within your industry. And you now have people approaching you who are financial planners and come from that background where you were before asking for your help in how to kind of gain prominence. So obviously, this podcast is Entrepreneurs Get Visible. So what would be your three top tips for people who want to stand above the crowd in their own industry? Okay, so three tips to really stand up above the crowd. I think one is consistency. Consistency with everything that you do, with your message, with your content. Because when you show up for yourself and you show up for your audience, they'll expect it. And the more you do it, the easier it is. So, you know, if you're committing to doing regular content, for example, then just pick one thing and do it really, really well. Like pick a podcast, put a weekly episode out and just keep that consistent. Do a Facebook Live every day, keep it consistent. Write a blog every week and keep it consistent. I think consistency would be definitely one of my top tips. I would say second of all, surround yourself with people who have got your back. People that you can connect with that are authentic, that are vulnerable, and not necessarily even in the same sphere of work as you, mm. but just making sure that you've got people around you because you can't build a business by yourself. No. It's lonely on your own. And actually, if you've got other people who understand a little of your business, then just having that support has been invaluable. That's definitely what we've seen. We've actually been in masterminds together as well and been on retreats together. And I don't know, but for me, I know that having had a friend who's on a similar but different journey has, and someone who absolutely gets what I'm talking about and at similar levels in our business, then that has been the reason actually that we can have quite open conversations about what we're doing with our email list and what we're doing with our content. At the moment, we're both challenging each other to do 365 Facebook Lives no matter what. And having that accountability, like you said, really does make sure you do it because you don't want to show up and say, I haven't achieved I think we actually met on New Year's Eve just after Christmas of 2019. And I think we spent about 10 minutes. We were together for about 10 minutes before we started talking about funnels. (laughs) I thought we did really well. We did do really well. Um, But seriously, you know, I think finding somebody that has got your back is really important. And I think the final one is then outsource sooner than you expect. So if you're in your business right now, and you're trying to be that CEO, that chief everything officer, then actually just outsource as quickly as possible because it will completely change the shape of your business. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Catherine. It's been great to have you here with your four top tips for making sure that you start to lay those important financial foundations. 
So I hope you enjoyed that episode with Catherine Morgan, learning all about the financial steps you should be taking to make sure you lay those financial foundations. We're going to make sure that all of the details about Catherine's course and her Plug Your Money Leaks Challenge are in the show notes. But also, if you want to know how to get hold of her, go to catherinemorgan.com or follow her at themoneypanel.com. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please make sure that you leave us a review and tell your friends about Entrepreneurs Get Visible podcast. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.